0: Well, hello everybody, my name is Kirsten Hammers, I am the woman behind Fluent Language Tuition and the Fluent Language Tuition blog, which you can find at fluentlanguage.co.uk and today I'm recording myself on a microphone in my little office, upstairs in my house for the first time ever! So, um, yeah, <laughs> That's just, uh, let's just all deal with that and see how it goes, Um, I want to talk to you all about creative and effective ways of learning a new language, um, which as you know is all that my blog is about, and in the past on the blog I've had a few guests who did their bit for creative language learning, and I thought before we move on to today's guest, um, I'd give you a little bit of a rundown of who I've talked to in the past, so number one, Mr. Fluency MC! Jason Levine uh, from New York—that's not how you say New York—is uh, from New York, um, who is uh, quite well known in the English language teaching or English language learning uh, arena for his activity as fluent CMC. He creates rap songs for ELT, English language teaching, um, and. In my conversation with him, Jason, he was was great, he gave me a whole hour of his time and we talked about the linguistic backgrounds behind what he does, um, collocations, how to use them, what the point is of learning them, um, and also the philosophies that he uses when he's teaching languages, which are really interesting and really useful for language learners because it's all about relax, repeat, remember. Um, If you follow those three principles, you can't go wrong and you will learn. Alrighty. Um guest number two, just as awesome, if not more, um, was one gentleman called Mickey Mangan, and you might have seen him around the internet recently, quite a handsome man, it seems. Um Mickey is the host or was the host for a whole year of the Learning to Talk Show. That's learning in the German way, L-E-R-N-E-N. And the Learning to Talk Show was a project in which Mickey de- documented his progress of speaking German by basically filming himself talking to a German every week for a year, and you can—it's fantastic motivation if you are a German learner and you're quite new to it, you're bit, still a bit hesitant to talk. Watch a few episodes, watch this guy's progress, and that's really what you can achieve. That's how far you can go. It's fantastic. So, the Learn to Talk show uh, highly recommended, and Mickey talked all about what his ideas are about language learning and where he came from and how he got started so that's very interesting now here we are today with another awesome creative language teacher the guy i find really uh, really impressive he makes youtube videos he's a school teacher in chicago um i don't know why i say all these things in a funny accent but yeah let's just bear with it so he's a school teacher in chicago his name is levi antrim you might know him as Herr antrim and Herr Antrim employs a lot of creative ways of teaching German in his high school where he works, and he has actually become a little bit of a YouTube um, celebrity. Uh, You can look him up, and I really highly recommend Levi Antrim. And let's listen to him and find out a little bit more. In this interview, which I actually recorded a few weeks ago, and I started it off by asking Levi how he got started in German.
1: Um, well... I started out, I uh, went to a high school. The only foreign language that they had there was German, um, which is kind of odd here in the U.S. anyway. Um, most of them just have Spanish, but uh, I was a little bitty town, big German heritage, and so the only language they had there was German. And so I took three years there, and then uh, after my junior year of high school, then uh, we took a trip with the GAP program, the German-American Partnership program. And I spent three weeks over there, uh, two weeks for the host family, and then Uh, one week in Wiesbaden and Berlin and just kind of touring around and really loved the country and just had a pretty good time there and kind of got hooked on it. And so I was taking it in college just for fun Uh, while I was a chemistry major. I was planning on teaching chemistry Um, but I was getting C's in chemistry and A's in German without trying and so I opted for the easier route and kind of ended up in German. Um, So that's kind of how I became a teacher in German. Um, But I kind of had a problem with like the way that most, te- most people teach German is really boring and just here's a grammar rule and here's some vocabulary and learn this and it's pretty dull so I kind of had to come up with something that was a little bit more entertaining than just the usual grammar stuff so it's kind of why I do what I do now.
0: Mhm. And how long have you been doing it?
1: Um, This is my fifth year teaching, but uh, the videos that I started out doing, uh, I started in in 2011, so that was actually my third year teaching whenever I started a YouTube page. Um, And I started this just kind of playing around and doing some videos here and there and not really putting a whole lot of effort into it, which is why there's so many mistakes in them, Uh, but especially my early stuff. Um, And then I just kind of cultivated it over the years and started making it so that it's more... Uh, based on like exactly what it is that I teach in my classes uh, for which grammar topics in which order and it pretty much fits exactly with the curriculum that we teach at the high school I teach at and uh, try and curate it a little bit more into an online classroom so that with a little bit of extra help you can learn German without having an an actual formal class Um, and then I use these videos in my classes and then kind of like the students go home and watch the video and do the worksheet or whatever and then come to class with some background knowledge so we can actually use the language in class rather than spending so much time on rules and regulations and memorization of boring stuff when we can actually talk German.
0: How has it changed the, the way your classes work?
1: Um, there's a lot more like specific questions rather than having the questions of uh, you, know, what do you how do you conjugate this verb or something like that. They go home and they know already how to conjugate that verb, but it may be something specific like, why doesn't Haben have the B and the do and A or er- er- Er's- forms, or something like that. Um, so they come in with much more definite questions, and we can actually work out the details of the language rather than worrying about the big stuff. So the big stuff they figure out all by themselves, and then um, kind of the smaller things we work out in class.
0: Mm-hmm. How... Aware are you of the kind of impact your videos are having outside of the classroom and outside of your school?
1: Um, Outside of my school, it's actually a lot more of an impact than I was expecting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just short of 900 subscribers now on YouTube, and uh, obviously, none of most of those people were not my students. Um, I only have right now I have under 100 students uh, in German one and two. And then there's another teacher that teaches German three and four, um, so really my students can't possibly take up most of my audience in German uh, on my YouTube page. Um, so it's kind of exciting to see like where all these people are coming from and uh, the different countries that they are all from. It's just it's kind of overwhelming a little bit just to see like all of the impact that I've actually had and. Uh, I'm coming up on 150,000 overall views for YouTube views, and mm. that to me is kind of a big accomplishment because it's just—it started out as just me messing around in my house.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing stuff. I find it—I mean, as a as a tutor myself, I've looked at it and thought, "Oh, this is brilliant. I'm going to show this in my classes because the language mm. and the content that you teach is universal."
1: Mm. Yeah, and I like the the different idea of using the puppets instead of using just like me talking about grammar because I did that the last time around with my series and it was just, it was boring. And so like you can watch on uh, YouTube analytics of uh, how much of the video people watch and the new videos that I've been coming out with with the puppets, uh, people have been watching a much higher percentage of the actual video rather than the old videos where it was just me talking about grammar and people get bored after a few minutes and then give up. But the percentage of uh, views has actually gone way up since I've started this new series.
0: Mm. You say you went to Germany for three weeks, Mm. which is, it's amazing. To me, it's amazing for somebody to i have gone to the country um, and people often feel, especially adult learners, feel that they need to live in a country for years or at least, say, six to nine months before it can make it can make any impact on their life, and at at what time in your life did you go? Do you feel like it was just the right time to get you focusing on a new space in your life? And if an adult was to go now, would it be different?
1: Um, when I went, I was uh, it was after my junior year of high school, so I was seventeen at the time, hmm. and I really didn't have like. I had a really great time but it wasn't necessarily because of the language because I was staying with the host family and I only had two years of German at that point so I didn't speak it well enough to conversate in German while I was there with the family so we always spoke English. So my language skills didn't go way up whenever I was there that time um, but in 2009 I actually took a course at uh, Humboldt University in Berlin. and uh, that's where I got a big jump in my language skills because I didn't speak any English for the entire month that I was there, and that was a big jump for language acquisition, anyway. Um, but it, at that point, I was already—I had already graduated from college with a German degree—and yet I could tell the difference between when I went before I went to Germany and when I came back after that one month. There was a huge jump in my vocabulary and just knowing what words to say, when to say them and how to say them and the inflection of my voice and that kind of thing made a huge difference just in that one month. Um, and at that point, I kind of considered myself an adult, I guess I was 22, sort of an adult. Uh, (laughs) so, um, but that, that was a big difference there. Um, not so much the younger one, but not necessarily because I was younger or because I was older, but because of the type of atmosphere that I was in. So the first trip was just, mostly speaking English, and I didn't take advantage of the opportunity that I had. Uh, Whereas the second time, I really wanted to learn German and speak the language, and so I made it a point not to speak any English while I was there. And even if people would speak English to me because my accent was really thick, uh, then I would still switch back to German. So they would answer me in English, and I would answer in German. And at least I still get to practice my German, and they get to practice their English if they want.
0: Mm -hmm. And how did people react to that? Because this is a very, very common thing that you hear, uh, from any language learner to say, oh, I went out to the country and everybody just spoke English to me. And the the persistence that you need to have, What is your, you know, what would your recommendation would be to somebody who encounters this problem?
1: I just keep speaking German anyway. Um, like whenever I first got to Germany in 2009, uh, I was asking for directions from somebody in a uh, train station and I asked them in German, and they said, oh, it's just right around the corner if you just go this way or whatever, but they spoke English to me, and I was like, uh, I actually answered back to them and told them that, you know, I'm here to learn the language, and I would really love it if you would, you know, keep speaking German to me instead, and they actually appreciated the fact that I was trying to learn their language, since obviously it's their language, it's their country, and kind of, to me, it's a common courtesy, if you're in somebody's country, to try and speak their language, even if, uh, like I speak maybe six words of French, but if I were in France, I would try and speak French just to kind of as a common courtesy to the people of the country. And I don't know, if you make a conscious effort to speak the language, you can speak the language, even if somebody speaks English back to you. Um, it's kind of your decision to speak the language.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's a very very important point and i really agree with you there that it's it's the learner who makes the decision that i am learning a language now and it's actually there's nothing external that can really influence you um to speak more or less german um if you've made up your mind to talk german now or if you've made up your mind to speak whichever language you are learning that is the decision you've made and it's very the the kind of stay stubborn message that you're giving there. I find that really useful and it's really great. Mm-hmm. So Germany obviously instilled quite a bit of a passion in you. Um, and I was, first of all, I wanted to ask, what are your favorite things about Germany? What, what are the things that you get excited about or that you really love about it?
1: Um, something that my students kind of tease me about is uh, doner Kebab. but It's not really German, so that doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> we don't really have that here in the U.S., um but that's not german so we'll, we'll move on um i spent so much time in berlin just that one month in berlin that yeah. i know a lot of the city and i know like where what sites to see and where to go and everything so i've got a lot of passion for the city of berlin um mostly because it's got a it's got a good mixture of the the old and the new um where like you have brand new buildings and great art and beautiful city and then you have some of the old stuff that still remains uh, that didn't get knocked down during World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's is just—it's a really cool culture that they have there between art and uh, the old city, and I don't know—it's just kind of a cool city. So I—I I really like Berlin. Yeah. Uh, I did have an opportunity to go back uh, this summer, and uh, we went to Munich as well. And Munich is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, just a lot of great culture there with beautiful. Uh, buildings and architecture and that kind of thing so
0: mm, I agree with you on Berlin I find I've only as a German I've only been twice and because I'm from the other side of Germany um, and even though Germany is nowhere near the size of the US we still <laughs> we know we still a bit of travel time and I found that it's a city that Is unique in the world because it used to be a divided city, and now it's growing together. So the kind of process that Berlin is in, the kind of development, it's at the same time a completely new city and a city that has history of hundreds of years behind it. And to me, that makes that makes it absolutely unique.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of going on in the in Berlin. Just kind of the mixture of things that are going on there, like. Um, you can sort of tell whenever you cross from one side of Berlin to the other side of Berlin, even if there 's like uh, if there 's not like what used to be the wall there. you can still tell a little bit just between the type of buildings that are there and the a little bit of the culture and the just even the way that people talk inside of Berlin that you can tell which side of the city you 're on it 's very unique in that way
0: mm-hmm. do you have any um do you have any loves in terms of German literature or German music that you like
1: um I'm a huge fan of German music, Um, it's one of the easiest ways that i found to learn a language is listen to the music and I mean if you Google what are the uh, lyrics to this and you figure out what what they're saying in English and then you just memorize it, it also really helps with pronunciation if you're singing along to the radio and that kind of thing. Um, So I've listened to a lot of German music and I have two playlists of nothing but German music on uh, YouTube so that my students can find German music more easily. my favorite bands would probably be like Revolverheld. Held has got some great music mm-hmm. um, and it's easier enough, easy enough to understand and they, they uh, sing slow enough that I can use most of their things in class and you don't have to worry about it cussing too much and that kind of thing. So I can actually use it. Um, so I'm a big, big fan of those guys. Um, I've been, been listening to a lot more uh, Modson and... I'm I'm more of a rock fan, so I've listened to that kind of thing. Uh but Xavier Neido has some great music and
0: Yeah, I love him.
1: <laughs> just there's a lot of good German music out there and I don't think people give credit to everybody's like, oh it's such a harsh language and they just know Rammstein. It's like, uh no, there's there's quite a bit more to it than just Rammstein and heavy metal. So uh I do a music project every year so that my students get a, a exposure to uh a lot of different types of music and German music so that they can kind of, once they do that project, they they really start getting into the language a little bit more and uh, try and seek out their own other music that they can find so that they know that it's not just Rammstein.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I find uh, German music, I mean, even if you go back and you kind of go to the sort of 70s Schlager area, which I quite like mm-hmm. for the simplicity of its language, and because it's so cheery, and if you've ever been to Germany... You'll just associate that music with so many happy memories because it's mm. it's our go to drinking music isn't it so I've been working with even the German version of the Itsy bitsy teeny weenie song can you know create some can create a fantastic lesson around it mm. um and it's like you say you you adjust it to your audience, so you're probably working with a lot of teenagers you'll be working with a different kind of group whereas one of the songs that i've been using is uh menner by herbert grönemeyer because mm-hmm. it's all in the present tense and it sort of goes sind 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 so it kind right. of reinforces that sind um but and it but it, it there's there's lines in it such as Männer kaufen frauen so you you couldn't possibly use that in a, in a, in a different class but i i love grönemeyer for his kind of lyrical strength um, mm-hmm.
1: yeah things like uh I don't know if you know the ASDF movies and llamas with hats and that kind of thing. I don't. Come, um, just goofy humor. Teenage kids love this stuff. And it's just, it's really simplistic stuff, especially for like the ASDF movies are really, really cheesy things. And it's always like one line here and then it clips to another thing. Um, and these videos are so simple that I can use them in class. And it does a lot of command form. So I use them for that. Um, same thing with uh I don't know if you know Charlie the Unicorn. Um No, okay, well uh same thing I use it for the command form. And... I've got a
0: lot of homework to do, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: it's just cheesy stuff, but the kids love it and they already know what they are in English. So whenever I get to the German part of it, they know what it says, but they have to figure out how to say it in German based on the vocabulary or the grammar that we're doing. And it really comes in handy to do it that way, even if it's not they understand everything. Um if you tailor your lesson to it, you can really get pretty much anything you want to work.
0: That's fantastic. Now, um, prize question. So uh, do you fi- do you find that in kind of the multimedia times of YouTube and, you know, music being quite widely available, do you find that literature loses out or do you still have people who really like a bit of reading?
1: Um. I think the students are just switching to a different type of reading. I don't think it's really that it's dying out or anything, Um, but like they have uh, e-books instead of paper books. It's just a transition of different type of reading rather than uh, it dying out. So Mm -hmm. when people say the print is dead, that's true, but the electronic print is alive and well. And so people still need to read, and so they still do read. Um, I don't think it's really changing all that much. Uh, The skills necessary are still needed.
0: Mm-hmm. So if 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 people want to kind of check you out on, on YouTube, where would they go? What, how would they find out more? And where would, where would they start?
1: My channel is relatively easy to find. Uh, if you just type in my last name, it's Antrim, A-N-T-R-I-M. Mm-hmm. And then German, you'll find my face all over the place and you can just... Uh, find it that way. Uh, otherwise, my actual username is Mr. L. Antrim, mm-hmm. uh, because I've had several parents throughout the years who email me and say, Dear Mr. Lantrim. It's like, no, my last name is actually Antrim. My first name is Levi. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you search for Mr. L. Antrim, you'll find me pretty easy. Or uh, actually, if you search for German and a particular topic, you'll more than likely end up on my channel or several others.
0: Oh, fantastic. So then, and then people can leave you some good comments yeah thank you so much Levi Antrim for your time given to fluent language tuition and for talking to me about all sorts of things I know we went off a little bit on there and had a little conversation about the state of learning in general so I hope uh, you enjoyed now coming to the end of this recording you can find links of all that Levi and I talked about in the notes for this little recording um, yet hesitating to call it a podcast um, because I want to hear about your feedback first. Do you like this kind of thing? Is this interesting? Do you like listening to me wherever you are listening to me? And do you like listening to Levi? Um, so please give me your feedback and anything, even if it's negative, and it's like, oh, Christine, what is your stupid accent? Where's that from? And I'll tell you all about my accent. That's not a problem at all. You can direct your feedback to me on Twitter. I am at Fluent Language. You can find me on Facebook under Fluent Language Tuition, or you can just go to my website, fluentlanguage.co.uk, or send me an email. That's Kirstin, Kerstin, K E R S T I N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you, and you can find all of the notes, all of the little summary of what we'll talked about, and little links to the bands that Levi mentioned. Um, I'll go and find a little internet entry about kebab for you there. Um, I'll try and find a few of the songs that he talked about on YouTube and give you links to his playlists. And of course, the massive range of hair answering videos that are really, really helpful for German learners. And like he said, he's got worksheets as well that you can get involved with. So it's almost a whole German course um on the internet, all they are out for you for free. Um so enjoy and hopefully I'll be able to speak to you very soon. Goodbye.